Welcome to another edition of Defenders of the Bank with Philly and The Scarf. On today's episode, Scarf and I decided to hit the road again. We are currently set up at the beautiful LAFC offices here in downtown Los Angeles because we have a very, 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 very special guest on our show today. Originally from Spain, he spent 15 years as a product of the Valencia Academy. His desire for a change of scenery allowed him to trial at the world-famous DV7 Academy, founded by David Villa, international soccer superstar and former MLS player with NYCFC, currently a member of Vissel Kobe. He earned an NCAA scholarship through the DV7 Academy, where he played two seasons at the University of Pittsburgh, captaining the team in his time there. While there, he racked up several accolades. 2018 All-South Region third team. 2018 All-ACC second team. 2018 All-ACC academic team. Scarf, we got a smart one on our hands. That's right. <laughs> and 2017 All-ACC second team. He was selected by LAFC with the 64th overall pick in this past January's MLS Super Draft. Ladies and gentlemen, we are very happy to welcome Javi Perez onto the show. Javi, welcome to Defenders of the Bank. Nah, thank you for, for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Awesome. We're super excited to have you on. I remember the Super Draft very vividly. I was locked in my office, door closed, watching it, streaming on my phone. Yep. I know you were doing the same thing. I was doing it, at, not that I was doing it while I was at work, but I was totally doing it while I was supposed to be. I wasn't supposed to be teaching. That was the good part. I had an off period when Javi was picked. I remember that. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. And when they announced your name, I quickly did a profile search, found your University of Pittsburgh bio. And when it showed that you played at the Valencia Academy, I'm thinking to myself, we got a steal for this super draft. I mean, how did this guy go 64th with the right? accolades he has? But we're super excited to have you on. Without further ado... Let's get started. Scarf, why don't you kick it off? Yeah, Javi, why don't you tell us about your experience growing up in Spain and what the football culture is like there. It's like one of the true soccer hubs of the world. What's it like growing up in Spain and soccer there? I mean, obviously, uh, being from Spain, uh, you, you get that that growing up with all the uh, soccer around you. Like We call it football, obviously, sure. like, like we do here in, in L.A. But uh, it's great because uh, I remember since I was three, four, five years old going to the Mestalla Stadium, that's the... Uh, Valencia uh, Stadium going to to watch the games over there and you know it was great and I mean that's why I probably started to to play uh, football you know because I was surrounded by it every day I was watching it every day my dad is a true fan of the game so it was great you said he kind of pushed you into it at age five right yeah I mean it's a funny story because it was uh, we all we used to live in a say like a complex apartment where it was a bunch of kids uh, that we used to play in like the say like a little patio we had and uh, we were always breaking glasses breaking you know (laughs) windows so this one day my dad uh, got my cousin and I and he was like okay you guys are done playing here you I'm just gonna (laughs) throw you in these trials that they do at Valencia and then we'll see how it goes oh that's awesome so that's that's how we all it, it all started and then we go went from there Sure. Now, Valencia has such a storied history. I mean, six La Liga titles, seven Copa del Reyes, back-to-back appearances in the Champions League final 2000-2001. Players like David Villa and David Silva emerged from that academy in the more recent years. What was it like growing up in that Valencia academy system? I mean, it was very, very nice, but very demanding at the same time. I remember just being at the age of six, seven years old. 
that we were we were fighting for our, our position inside the squad already. Like oh, wow. we were, the coaches were challenging uh, the players in order to get into the 18 or the 12s or whatever it was at that age. And I remember that being very very demanding. But at the same time, I mean, we were just kids. We didn't really know they were asking us that much but we were just playing football and enjoying ourselves so now I see it as very demanding but back then I was really enjoying the time did you live at the academy or were you still going from home to the academy yeah I was going from home but I was uh, fortunate enough to live five minutes away driving from the facility so it was like (laughs) I could literally take off and be there in in five minutes so it was was great yeah that's awesome I mean during your time Valencia fielded arguably one of its strongest teams I mean one of the most successful periods they won two La Liga titles one UEFA one Copa del Rey who was your favorite player watching during that era so I mean back then we had an amazing team like we had very big names uh, David Villa Silva Baraja Albella but I would say uh, one of my ref- I, I had two references. Uh, the one of them being Ayala, who yeah. was uh, the uh, defender, sen- defender center yeah. back. He was very aggressive at the time, and he, the passion he had for the club it was amazing. And then the other one uh, that uh, I would say I was I looked up to it was uh, David Albelda. He was a he's been a Spanish national team captain. Uh, obviously, captain for the for the first team of Valencia many many years and. Yes, he played the my same position. I was I was looking up to him. I was you know, he was one of my my role models back then. Oh, that's awesome! Outside of Valencia, were there any other players who influenced you at that time, or maybe even since you've been here? Yeah, I mean, MLS? obviously, uh, being a a midfielder, you try to look up to the best midfielders in the world, right? And uh, back then, I remember uh, Xavi Alonso. Uh, he just moved the, himself to Liverpool, so mm-hmm. yeah, that Spanish Liverpool team really uh, really. It attracted me, and I, I remember uh, watching uh, Steven Gerrard and him playing uh, in the same uh, midfield. So that was great, and I, he was one of the guys that really impacted me. And I've been—I I follow him throughout his whole career and trying to learn a lot from him. The, the interesting ties with Liverpool and Valencia is Rafa Benitez was yeah. coaching at the time in Valencia, and then he shortly after that ended up going to Liverpool. And what it was in 2005 when Steven Gerrard got his only real piece of hardware when they won the UEFA. Yeah. While you were at Valencia, when you were with the the second team or in the lower tiers there, did you ever get to practice and train and play with any of the first team? Yeah, I was uh, fortunate enough to uh, get to train with them, uh, like, I don't know, like I said, 10, 11, 12, 13 times, even play uh, friendly matches with them. Oh, wow. So, I mean, it was great. You know, I was uh, 17 back then, and being able to... uh, have to make that step up to the first team and being able to leave and be on an everyday basis with this I remember being Otamendi was there uh, Mustafi was there so they were great players and being able to play with them and train with them it it was fantastic wow that's incredible how much of the first team's success like how much of that motivated you while you were at the youth academy it it really did because uh Obviously, I was young when the the team got to the uh, two final of the Champions League and all that. But I remember, I, I remember my dad. Uh, he he had the chance to go to the first uh, Champions League final, and since then, you know, it was like the passion he lived everything with. And you know, I was able to whenever they played at home, we were uh, season ticket holders, too, so we were able to go to every game. So them being successful it was like man if I can make it to this team and be playing with them as this, while they're successful right now it's going to be great so it was really motivating that's awesome let's talk about 2010 real quick Spain defeats Netherlands in the World Cup Iniesta goal in the 116th minute what was it like being in Spain 
playing for one of the great academies. That must have been just an insane feeling and situation. Yeah, I mean, I'm getting goosebumps right now just, <laughs> just, just on thinking about it. And honestly, I, I didn't realize uh, how big the that, that was because I was talking to my dad. He was like, you don't, you don't really know what's happening right now because I've been living for, I don't know, 47, 48 years he was alive and I've never experienced this and you're being able to experience <laughs> it while having the chance of... Who knows? Maybe one day being able to represent Spain or just playing in the youth academies of of these teams. So you got you're fortunate enough to being able to you know impact in a way. And so it was it was great. You know, I mean, uh, being able to experience that at such a such a young age. And then obviously Spain was a massive party. All the all, I mean, everyone was. <laughs> How happy. long did the party last afterwards? <laughs> I think I think the party is still going. <laughs> Because man, that thing was was amazing, and obviously it was history. You know, it was our first one, and hopefully yeah. many more to come. Absolutely, that was a dominating era. You ended up winning the uh, the Euros during that time period as well. I mean, it was an excellent, excellent Spain team. I'm from Germany, so I just had to watch you enjoy the 2010. But <laughs> we, we, we got a redemption in 2014. Yeah, I mean, we had our period of uh, Euro Cup, uh, World Cup, and then Europe again. But now you guys had it. After that, it was your turn where you did the Euro Cup and World Cup. So. You guys, are, you guys are on the right track. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were playing golf after the first round this past World Cup. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> In your 15 years at the academy, you captain your team for, for 12 of them. I mean, that's a very high honor. What type of responsibility did you have to shoulder as a captain during your time at Valencia? I mean, uh, especially at those ages where uh, there's not much going on off the field and, you know, stuff like that that can happen uh, as a professional level. It was... It was more demanding for myself because I had to, you know, set the bar in training every day. I was uh, more or less uh, leading by the by the example, being uh, the guy that had to come into training and give the 100%. And then obviously that helped me throughout my career. And I, I learned a lot from, you know, giving my 100% on my every day. And then uh, whatever happens, whatever happens. But uh, that was it was great to being able to... At those ages, we you have you have the chance to play many tournaments against international teams to uh, fly around and play in other countries. So being able to be the captain of of that team uh, while we were traveling outside Spain, it was great and great experience. Uh, just learning and life experience it was great. Wow, that's awesome! You know, you spent most of your childhood and and young adult life with Valencia, but from 2015 to 2017, you were loaned out twice to Hospitalet and Alzira. How much of an impact did that have on maybe your desire to look elsewhere to play outside of the Valencia Academy? It had a big impact, to be honest. Obviously, I was used to being, you know, in a comfortable situation, being five minutes away from home with people I knew since I was five years old on my daily basis. I knew everyone in Valencia. It's like my house over there. So uh, (laughs) being uh, being loaned out to uh, these other teams, it was like a, you know, a slap on the face of reality of oh. man this is this is the real football you know this is right. where people I remember I was 18 at that age and at that time and I remember people were uh, playing to uh, earn money for their families you know like sure. they were playing for to and I was just playing because I was I liked it uh, right 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 so it was like you know slap of reality of man you gotta wake up this is the real football and this is this is where all started and then Obviously, that had a big impact to us. Being uh, used to this comfortable situation of being in Valencia, everything was good. Everything was, you know, going straight for me. And being able to, you know, open my eyes and be like, "Wow, uh, this is the future is right here, right now." So I gotta, you know, to look at my chances and see what, what what can I do. Sure, and that kind of led you into the DV7 Academy. How did you get involved with the academy at that point? Yeah, obviously, uh, my last year in in Valencia, I I knew I wasn't going to continue the, the following year, so. 
I started looking for for my options for the future. You know, I had some options to go to England and be in another lower level Spanish teams. But honestly, I I wanted to uh, keep my studies going on. So DV7 was just starting in in Spain. So one of their part of the of the academy they wanted to do was uh, introduce uh, the the future athletes they're working with, introduce them to the possibility to go to the US. So uh, I had the the chance to be the the first one, the the first player they 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 helped to bring to the US. Uh, also through through a company called Ango Sports here in the in the US, they did okay. like a little combination of both, and they they helped me to reach uh, to the university in Pittsburgh and essentially uh, gain a scholarship there. So it was, it was fantastic working with them. Was Pittsburgh the primary school that they were looking to, to put you towards, or did you have like a selection of other places as well? No, I mean we honestly were looking because at that time it wasn't we weren't re- really sure about my eligibility because being you know 15 years in the top academy yeah. playing and obviously sure. it's different situation to many to many of the uh, players that play in college here in the US. So uh, it was uh, I was in a you know little darkish uh, situation because we didn't really know about my eligible years. So. Pittsburgh was one of the universities that stepped stepped up, and they they were like, "Man, uh, you don't worry, we're gonna we're gonna get you eligible here." Like, and some other schools, awesome. I I honestly talked to a bunch of big schools. Like, I, I remember talking to Clemson, Wake Forest, uh, UCLA, and most of them thought I wasn't gonna be eligible to come here. So they obviously backed up a little bit. And Pitt uh, stepped out, and he was like, with uh, Jay Vidovich as yeah. as the head coach, he was like, sure. uh, "We're gonna get you eligible, no worries. I want you here." and and they made it work, so it was it was fantastic. How hard of a transition was it going from a nice, warm, beautiful country like Spain <laughs> to Steel City, USA, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania? I mean, it was hard, man. Cause <laughs> <laughs> I remember the, I also came. I didn't come for the fall, so I came in in the spring. So oh. I landed in Pittsburgh. It was all <laughs> white, all white. Right. So I remember the first week, especially it was rough because in Valencia the weather is kind of like in LA. You know, sunny, three hundred and sixty-four days over right. year. So I was used to that warm uh, weather to being able to wear a t-shirt and I remember the first uh, week at Pitt I was calling my family because also we had uh, very early practices we had to be up at like 6 6 30 a.m so I remember calling my my family walking up the Pittsburgh is a massive hill okay so we have the training facilities at the top of the hill so we had to walk up the hill every morning at 6 30 a.m we thought all white (laughs) practices were literally uphill in the snow pitch dark (laughs) pitch dark outside I remember calling them and my dad was like man you're gonna learn a lot of things (laughs) in this experience (laughs) like yeah yeah so it was it was cool it was a nice a nice little change in my life that's to, to say the least, right? I left the Northeast because I don't like snow. I think it's the dandruff of the gods. I can't imagine what it was like leaving somewhere where it was warm year yeah, round, only to go that. to the snow. I could understand leaving the snow and going to the warmth, but the other way around, ugh. right? So, what was your most memorable moment at Pitt under Coach Vidovich? And you know, what was that? I mean, like? we had we had many many good moments because obviously the the program has had a massive turnaround in the last three years, and I remember. One of our biggest accomplishments was uh, making the first the ACC victory for the program. It was uh, again I remember against Syracuse, and it was a, you know that was a great achievement because it was you know the little step that everyone wanted to take in the last three years that Jay had been there, and we were the group that were able to do it. So that first step was what was the the motivation that initiated the the rest. So it was it was great. What is it like in comparison playing in the NCAA's with Pittsburgh? versus the academies over in Europe. But what's the level of play difference or how is it different? I mean obviously it's a, 
there are things that you can compare them to, but there there a lot of uh, differences. Uh, here and the first thing that comes to my mind is I don't I don't even get it right now how the season only uh, lasts for three four months in mm. college. Right, it's like man, you almost you, you're a student athlete, but you're more student than an athlete. Mm. <laughs> so that uh, that was a great shock for me because I I was used to play nine ten months out of out of twelve sure. months. So that was a you know a tough transition for me. And then but then the style of play and and physicality, you know they're kind of uh, similar to some second teams in Spain where there they are uh, teams that obviously just go out and try to play physical and you know be tough without the ball and with the ball just simplify the game by playing long but then there were schools like ours in pit that we were just trying to to play and you know have a little like style like we do here in LA we'll try to imp- implement our style and from there build from there and go from there so uh, you know there, there's some similarities and some differences sure Pittsburgh has a deep-seated love for their football team, American football. While you were there, did you happen to catch on to it? Like, are you a fan of the Steelers? Did you go to any of the games there? Yeah, I mean, I was able to. Obviously, we have they, we have their um, NFL, MLB, NHL. So I was able to go to all of them. Oh, that's so, awesome! So yeah, it was awesome because obviously they call the city the city of champions. Right. You know? yeah. So that also added a little pressure to our program. But it was great being able to see. Uh, the culture of that, those teams, you know, they're winning, winning teams, uh, winning environments. And when I was uh, when I was there, I had the chance to go to the uh, a Steelers game, uh-huh. and obviously, I went to many of the uh, football games that I also play in the sure. in the Heinz Stadium. Sure. So the atmosphere there is great. And then I, from those three sports, I'll say I, I'll stay with American football. It was the the more the one that captivated the most. So you got to see my Syracuse Orange in action. I'm a huge Syracuse fan. So <laughs> I know, me and Philly, we go, we go back and forth over that a little bit. So you played two seasons at Pitt. Did you have more eligibility? How did that all work out? Yeah, no, I only uh, got two years of eligibility okay, by well. the NCAA. So okay. that's why uh, I was a senior after two, two years, right? So I played, sure. I played those two seasons. And obviously, I, I don't regret, it. I don't regret sure. anything about coming to the U.S. and playing those two seasons. I always say if I... Uh, had the chance to come three years or four years uh, er, before I did, I, I would do it. I would have done it, but obviously that that's how it worked out, and I'm, I'm great. I'm, I'm very happy to to have been a part of Pitt for two years. Had you had the two extra seasons of eligibility, do you think you would have stuck around Pitt, or would you have just gone to the M- uh, to the MLS Combine right away? I think. Uh, I mean, it was honestly a a part when I was. Uh, gonna you know take that step forward of seeing if I was gonna be at the combine and the draft and all this because there was a small chance that I that they were gonna they were trying to get me another year eligible year at Pitt and obviously I was thinking about it because also I was I was fresh off an ACL injury so mm-hmm. I was coming back I wasn't at my you know I was I did great on the comeback and really worked my way in in the team and into my level again but honestly you're not the same player one year after the ACL than two years obviously after two years you you know you're back you're you know you're com- you're comfortable playing with that sure. knee you get to know your body again and then so I, I don't really know I I know that I didn't have it so I I, I didn't have had the chance to to take it but I, I didn't I, I don't know I mean it depended on many situations so but I I was honestly thinking about it you know because it's also sure. also depending on they say I wasn't picked on the draft on draft day so I I don't know so maybe 
Well, that's a perfect segue there from Javi Perez. That voice you have heard, the 64th pick overall in the 2019 MLS Super Draft. We're so happy to have Javi on. We're going to take one quick break from our sponsors, and we'll be right back here at Defenders of the Bank. Today's episode is brought to you by Riley's Brewing in Madera, California, and Riley's Brew Pub in Clovis, California. Riley's Brewing, featuring craft brews, hard sodas, and spirits, a veteran-owned brewery in beautiful Central California, and a great fan of Defenders of the Bank podcast as well. Again, this podcast sponsored by Riley's Brewing in Madera, California. You can check them out at www.rileysbrewing.com, and soon you'll be able to order beer from Riley's and pick it up at the official Defenders of the Bank tailgate. All right, welcome back to another fantastic episode of Defenders of the Bank with not just my boy Philly and myself, The Scarf. We are sitting directly across from Javi Perez, the 64th overall pick in the 2019 MLS Super Draft and, of course, a member of your LAFC Black and Gold again. Javi, thank you so much for being on with us. You had just talked about getting ready for the MLS Combine. What was it like being part of the Combine and the MLS Super Draft? And I always say that it was a fantastic uh, opportunity I have because being able to be surrounded by 70, 80 young guys all stuck in a massive, nice hotel in in Orlando, being able to just go in the morning, train a little bit or play in the afternoon and then have the rest of the day off. It was like almost like being on vacation honestly you just <laughs> went there with with your boys and being you know we had a beautiful swimming pool beautiful weather so the experience itself was great and then i obviously took it as you know you got the chance to show yourself you try sure. to try to do it don't put pressure on yourself and do do what you normally do so have you stayed in touch with any of the players who you met during that time then? yeah especially uh, my my friend pat uh, he he was my my roommate and we we met together we met at the hotel there in, in orlando and he got picked by uh, TFC, so he's now uh, playing with their with their, with their second team, and we usually uh, text each other to see how, how everything's going. And oh, that's awesome! Also, uh, his girlfriend was from uh, starting a pit, so oh, nice. it was uh, like you know we had links all over. So it was, it was oh, that's uh, great. January fourteenth, the year twenty nineteen. You hear your name called, LAFC picks you. You know what's going on through your head? Like, what did that feel like knowing that you're going to come to Los Angeles? You're leaving Pittsburgh and you're coming to LA. What was that like for you? I mean, it was very, very exciting. You know, because uh, after you know, 63 names being being, <laughs> you know, I, I was I was starting to think like, man, I'm maybe I'm not getting called. You know, maybe right. things I, I don't know plans are are not set. So I was. But obviously, when I, I saw that uh, I was coming to LA, it was it was great. You know, I had the the chance of uh, talking to last year's uh, LAFC. I think it was, it was second round pick. That was Paul. He was another Spanish playing for Pitt. Uh-huh. So I was able to talk to him, and be like, "Hey, you've been through this. I mean, you know, tell me I don't know, how how it goes to you and how how do you, how was your experience?" Yeah. So I talked to him, and obviously after a couple three four days, when I had the chance to pack everything, I came to LA, and obviously back to the nice weather and, <laughs> and all, all good. So. <laughs> So you open the preseason with LAFC just like two weeks after being drafted. And then just a couple weeks after that, you're on the pitch against Davi Villa and the man who scored that goal in the 116th minute, Andres Iniesta, Vissel Kobe, 18,000 people, Bank of California Stadium, 32-52. What is that like? It was unbelievable. It was like uh, being being inside a dream because uh, – 
first a little side note when I got uh, picked by LAFC uh-huh. I immediately texted David hey I'm gonna be playing against you in a couple of weeks <laughs> <laughs> take, take it easy okay that's awesome yeah so it was it was, it was nice so then obviously then, then playing that game it was unbelievable because uh, just when we came out to warm-ups I mean I've never experienced something like that you know we went out and the 32-52 was already going <laughs> at their maximum voice right. and, you know strength so right. it was yeah, I, I couldn't stop looking at them and how, how all of you guys were just jumping and it was it was incredible and then uh, when the first half ended and I, I had the chance to come in in the second half it was making uh, the dream come true you know because sure. it was you know, obviously having Villa next to me, Andres Iniesta next to me. I was. <laughs> I remember I had the the chance to defend Iniesta I, in this one action, and I took the ball from him. And I was like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a bit sorry, but I I, 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 I gotta do this. Okay, it's a living legend that you <laughs> yeah, just took the ball so, from, right? No, so the experience is unbelievable, and obviously that's going to stay with me forever. So I'm sure. grateful to to be to have the opportunity to step on the pitch on that day. I mean, uh, it was clearly one of those moments where it was meant to be. I mean full circle you're on the pitch with people from your, your home country it's unbelievable so certain cool. things happen and i just i just love to see that i just dawned on me that right i knew they played in the same pitch together but you think of the story and everything that you went through oh yeah and the satisfaction and there was being able incredible. to watch iniesta score that goal in spain in 2010 and then being on the pitch with him nine years later i mean it's no unbelievable. it's unbelievable because i remember on my before even going to Pittsburgh, I remember they were uh, we were in Spain. David Villa and I, he was presenting all these DV7 academies. That was like three, four years ago. Right. And I remember talking to him after the game about it. He was like, "Man, time flies. Eh? This, is, <laughs> this is unbelievable." Like two days ago, we were presenting a DV7 to everyone, and now we're playing at the Bank of California Stadium, and you're in Japan playing. I'm in LA. So it's incredible. It's incredible. Yeah, and so incredible what- experience. And so what's your relationship like with David Villa now? Do you guys still keep in touch? How does that work? So obviously uh, I knew him from from back back in time when I was a young player in Valencia. I, you know, he was one of the biggest names in for the, playing for the club. And then I had the chance to me- meet him at the DV7 uh, where we were presenting this uh, his project. And then since then, I uh, we've been in contact almost, you know, I'll say monthly. Like, oh, that's we, awesome. Yeah, we... He texted me, I texted him, so we were obviously in contact. And once uh, I was uh, in college, he was as we were. He was in New York City, I was in Pittsburgh. We were close enough, so uh, I had the chance. Uh, we had we were playing in Washington D.C. Uh-huh. and he was playing against uh, D.C. United that uh, that weekend. So I texted him, "Hey, David, we're here playing against Georgetown. Uh, could you get us some tickets?" And he was like, "Yeah, no problem." So he <laughs> get ticket. He got tickets for all of us for all the team. Oh wow! And then he he stayed uh, after the game, and you know, obviously, if I knew him already, but for the guys and uh, Jay Vidovich <laughs> and everyone to David Villa being uh, after I remember after they lost the game, after losing the game, stopping and being there for thirty five minutes, forty five minutes, just oh, speaking incredible. to us and you know, telling stories and you know, sharing some words uh, with the team. It was. It was incredible, and uh, as of today, we keep talking. Uh, I obviously have his number, and now he's in Japan living a new experience. So, right. So it's good, good friend of mine. That's incredible. Well, let's transition into a little bit more about your time here now at LAFC. You've had a groin injury for, for a good part of the season. How's your injury progressing? Are you feeling fit? What What's the timetable looking like? Yeah, so uh, I started uh, strong the season, and then I had a little, uh, you know, a groin injury where the groin was, you know, bothering me a little bit. I had a couple of shots, and then everything uh, is moving forward. I I've been training fully for now 
10 days, 11 days, 12 days, something like that. So uh, hopefully I can uh, get back soon uh, and f- fight uh, for the sport in 18 and uh, look for, for those minutes. Sure. And the club loaned you out to Phoenix Rising shortly after you signed your contract March 10th. First of all, what was it like signing a professional contract, knowing that you had your spot and, and you were good to go? And then also kind of talk to us about after that going out to Phoenix and playing there. So... Uh, Obviously, everything started to fall in place. You know, I was feeling like the dream was coming true. You know, it's, everything is getting closer. But once you obviously you sign that paper, it's, everything is official. And, yeah. you know, it's it's official now. You're a professional soccer player. So uh, that was that was great. That was a dream come true. And then obviously uh, going down to Phoenix, it was... It was good because uh, I'm obviously I'm a rookie, I, so I need I need I need playing time. Sure. You know, the the more playing time I can get, the better. So uh, Phoenix uh, has a good relationship with LAFC. Sometimes a bunch of players of us just go down there play and then come back. So it was good going down there. You know, being able to get say, some playing time because it's been it had been a long time since I played nine minutes. So sure. getting that playing time is always good, and I'm really appreciate the all the help the Phoenix gives us. Yeah, you know, you're still the team leader in passing accuracy right now. I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> I didn't know that, but that's good, <laughs> that's good to know. <laughs> so, so moving on into some of the fun stuff. Again, you left Steel City. You're here in Los Angeles. Have you been able to explore L.A.? And what do you like to do in your time off? So, yeah, I have. I've been to I've been to Malibu, Santa Monica. I've been to uh, Beverly Hills, nice. West Hollywood. I've been everywhere here, so... I really like the city. I'm a, I'm, I'm a guy that likes to do uh, a lot of things and interact with the city. So normally when I have a day off or something like that, I mean, if it's a good day out, and go, I go to the beach. You know, there's a place at uh, the Fairmont Hotel called the Bungalow. That's, oh, yeah. It's very nice, you know, just have a little uh, drink over there or just have some food. So I really like going to the beach and obviously... Being from Valencia, having the beach over there, there's really I have really strong connection with with the sea, so I really like going to to the beach on my day, on my days off. Speaking of food, I know during our conversations before we got to the interview, you mentioned paella as your favorite thing to eat. Have you found good paella here in Los Angeles, and where can we go to find it? So I I don't trust paella outside my gran- <laughs> gra- grandmother's house, right? Right. <laughs> okay. So I try. I, I don't want to uh, go somewhere and try because then it's going to be like this is not true paella. So I, <laughs> I, I rather stick to other kind of food here while, while I'm out of, of of my my hometown. What yeah. do you like to go for when you're here? I'm a big uh, sushi guy, you know, oh, ja- nice. uh, Japanese food. So are we, that's yeah, awesome. There's a place uh, here close to my house called Incognito here in in downtown that is really nice. I'm, obviously, I go a lot with my, my roommate, uh, Alex Guido. So oh, Okay, yeah. nice. How, how is Alejandro as a roommate? I mean, it's great. Like We, we started sharing a hotel once we came in preseason because we, obviously we, we were put in a hotel. Uh, while we we decided if we were staying or not, and then uh, living with him is great because he's also Mexican, so we're able to speak our you know native language. Sure. And we, we we speak in Spanish, and then uh, he's played in Tijuana for the last years, and he's from San Diego, so he's ha- he has family here. So it's also you know we we we've been to San Diego once, now we, we want to go to Tijuana. So living with him is great because he's kind of from the area, so he knows a lot of places that I wouldn't know if oh, that's he great. wasn't here. So, do you follow any American sports here in LA? Are you have you become a Dodger fan? Are you a Rams fan? What's what's no, the story? No, I mean not at all. I'm a big uh, soccer fan. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. So I, I mean, I mean, I'm in love with football, and obviously, when the when the uh, football league starts again, I obviously want to go and see some of the matches. And then sure. I, I've been to a couple of uh, Clippers games, and, and yeah, that's about it. A lot of LAFC games. <laughs> hey, that's those are the best. 
Oh, yeah. yeah. It's my favorite experience. It's actually <laughs> ruined every other sport for me because you're not getting 32-52 at, at Staples Center. Nope. You're not getting it at Dodger Stadium. Nope. It's, it's just so much tougher to watch other sports. Now, <laughs> thank you, LAFC, for ruining all other live events right? for us. Uh, do you spend much of your time or any of your time playing Fortnite with the rest of the guys on the team? Because I know Fortnite's a big thing. Philip likes to play it. Lamar, Lee, are you big into that? I mean, they're very big. I'm not big at all. <laughs> I mean, I may, I like to play FIFA now and then, but I, when I'm at home and I have some free time, I'm I'm a big re- reader. I like to read books. So right now I'm finishing a Shoe Dog from the CEO of Nike. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It's a great book, and that's what I like to do, you know, keep uh, learning stuff and keep uh, sure. in contact with, with sure. studying a little bit too, yeah. So, Javi, if you weren't playing professional soccer, what would you be doing? I would honestly be a some kind of businessman, you know. If I would have I would uh, have started my own business or uh, started working for a a big firm, you know. I I also like uh, marketing, so okay. that, I think I would go down the, that route, yeah. That's awesome. Okay. Well, if you're interested in stocks and bonds, that's what I do, and I'd be more than happy to help you know, show you and educate you about some of that stuff. <laughs> that's what I do for a living. I don't make that much money doing a podcast. No, <laughs> neither does he. No, neither do I. I'm a teacher. So. <laughs> Uh, well, well, Javi, honestly, it, it has been absolutely wonderful having you on Defenders of the Bank. Uh, before we wrap up, is there anything that you want to tell our listeners about you or, or any message that you want to give them from, from Javi to all of our listeners out there? Yeah, uh, first of all, I want to you know thank uh, the the uh, cheer and the, the strength the LA, the third 252 gives us every every weekend. You know, it's, it's incredible playing in that stadium. Obviously, you guys are, are part of that, so... Just I encourage you to you know keep pushing and keep demanding from us and obviously this is this is going to be a great season and it's it's going to be be good and also if you haven't been to the Bank of California you're you're missing out so <laughs> that's for just, sure yeah well said we're super excited to have had you on the show appreciate your time can't wait to see you play another game that's going to be you know a really cool thing and you know scarf. I'm all out of questions. You got anything left? Yeah, I got one more. Javi, if they want to find you on social media, whether it's Instagram, Twitter, whatever it is, how do they find you on social media? So both Instagram and Twitter, they're both at uh, Javi8Perez. Javi8Perez. You guys heard it here from Defenders of the Bank. Remember, you can always follow us at Defenders of the Bank on Instagram and Facebook and at Defend the Bank on Twitter. And if you're trying to follow the journey of Javi Perez, again, the 64th overall pick, in the MLS Super Draft here in 2019. Steal of the draft. He's already gotten in one game against Real Salt Lake. We are absolutely looking forward to him getting back on the pitch, not just in the 18, but out there amongst the 11 for LAFC. And again, a big thank you from us at Defenders of the Bank to you, Javi, for spending this time with us. And while we're here, by the way, a big thank you to Aubrey, who's sitting right behind us. Thank you to Seth for letting us use your fantastic office. We promised to leave it the way it was before we came in. That's right. So, again, you guys know how we like to end it here on Defenders of the Bank. Thank you all for listening, and bye-bye.